I'm Joe Morgenstern, the film critic of The Wall Street Journal. Kira Knightley and James McAvoy are the star-crossed lovers of atonement. It's as good a film as you could imagine being made from a great work of contemporary fiction. That's high praise, but only part of the story. This screen version was directed by Joe Wright from Christopher Hampton's adaptation of the novel of the same name by Ian McEwan. And the movie stands on its own as a remarkable achievement, romantic, sensuous, intelligent, and finally shattering in its sweep and thematic complexity. One of its themes is the nature of storytelling. What are we being told? Who's telling it? What's the motive, and is it the truth? Atonement starts in 1935, spans six decades, and tells of a single moment of mistaken perception that changes the course of three lives. The moment is an odd but innocent encounter between the lovers, the elegant Cecilia Tallis and Robbie Turner, who's the talented son of a servant. The child who observes it is Cecilia's precocious 13-year-old sister, Bryony, who's played by Sarah C. Ronan. Bryony has no understanding of adult behavior that might give her a context for what she's seen, so she jumps to a conclusion that isn't just wrong but perverse, and her inflamed imagination leads her to a decision based on no clear motive. In the book, these abstract considerations play out slowly. Movies often need to move quickly to hold our attention— And the pace of Joe Wright's filmmaking can be brisk, but Wright is also good at conveying leisure, even the torpor of a hot summer between the wars. He does it with telling details, the slow click of Bryony's typewriter, a bee buzzing at a windowpane, the silhouette of a bomber sliding across a skylight. The camera beautifies much of what it observes, but the cinematographer Seamus McGarvey, along with the director and the production designer Sarah Greenwood, have heightened the ugliness of World War II with, among other sequences, a single astonishing steadicam shot that lasts more than five minutes as it follows Robbie as a soldier through the chaos of the British evacuation on the beach at Dunkirk. A movie that runs slightly less than two hours can't begin to match the density or the cumulative power of a novel that one critic called a mighty edifice. But the wonderful cast and the casting of even the smallest roles brings clarity and urgency to Ian McEwan's characters. Kira Knightley's Cecilia isn't just beautiful, though that's hardly a bad thing. She's quick-tongued and beautifully pensive. James McAvoy's Robbie combines working-class buoyancy with understated intellectuality. At first, Robbie and Cecilia look touchingly like silent film stars, immune to future tragedy. By contrast, the young Bryony's gaunt, unfinished face mirrors her unfinished, unmoored mind, while Bryony as a young woman, played by Romola Gary, seems to be trapped by unmanageable guilt in a life of almost suspended animation. In the last part of her life, Bryony is played by Vanessa Redgrave. She's a startling apparition in a role that's relatively small but indispensable. Much is asked of both the character and the actress because the last part is when shocking truths are revealed in rapid succession, and both of them deliver. Bryony inspires horror but also awe as a haunted version of the person she always wanted to be, a writer who has given a measure of happiness and, as writers can, worked out a happy ending. I'm Joe Morgenstern, the film critic of The Wall Street Journal, back on KCRW next week with more reviews.